Donald Trump breaks M&M. The left really wants you not to own a gun. Gee, I wonder why. And everything is racist. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, everyone complained. I was doing the podcast out in the living room, and everyone complained. You know, mind you, it's 1030 in the morning. Everyone's kind of sleeping. And I had to hear about it in the morning. So I'm back into the bedroom now. So it takes me longer to set up as usual. But we're here and I'll have happy people, I guess. And they'll probably complain, oh, well, I still heard it. Well, you know, get over it. What are you going to do? The only good thing about being in the bedroom here is that uh, I do have an air conditioner behind me. I hope you don't hear it. Okay, anyway, let's get the dumbasses of the day because we got two real winners. <laughs> I am always amazed when a company looks at the world and it sees what is actually happening in the world with companies like Bud Light, with Target, and other uh, Gillette, and other companies like that. And then these companies still do the exact same thing. They just never learn. And it makes me wonder how these companies actually survive. Enter Harry's Razors. Now, Harry's Razors used to, a long time ago, they used to advertise on the Daily Wire. I bought Harry, Harry's Razors because I like them. They're, they're a small company. I've decided it. But they got angry at Michael Knowles. And that's because Michael Knowles simply said a man can be a man, a man is a man, and a woman is a woman, and a man can't be a woman, and a woman can't be a man, and things like that. That's what he said. Well, Harry's Razors decided to throw an absolute hissy fit because they, it's not woke. And they decided to pull all their advertising from Harry's and what the Daily Wire ended up doing was creating their own razor called the Jeremy Razor, which by the way I have and it's very good. And they've, they've just gone woke. So, you know, their sales, not great. Let's call it what it is. Their sales are not great. They're, they're probably the fourth or fifth uh, razor out there. And by the way, they're following along with Gillette. Gillette, who used to sit there and call its customer base, you know, men, toxic. Yeah, they're doing the same thing. So they've decided, they've decided to go all woke. And here they are talking about what their razor represents. And if you thought... A razor represented, you know, like shaving your face. You're just dead wrong. And by the way, when I say your face, I bet you thought you were just talking about a man and stuff. No, no. Because, you know, men can be women and women can be men. So um, <laughs> they released a commercial. And I can't play the commercial because the commercial is really... I should find the commercial it's interesting and basically it's a trans man which is a woman who says she's a man taking all the hormones having her her boobs cut off things like that and she's shaving with harry's razor now here's the thing um she shouldn't need to shave at all because uh, she's a chick and she doesn't grow hair 
Of course, she's pumping testosterone into her. So here is the CEO of Harry's Razors. He's actually discussing his socially minded company. You know, created a really sort of unbalanced dynamic um, and made the co-parenting thing really hard to actually live in practice. Um, and so, you know, that experience, you know, was, was one that led us to this conclusion that, hey, we need not just a general parental leave policy, but an equal parental leave policy um, that treats birthing and non-birthing parents equally. Um, so we've implemented that and give everybody four months regardless of whether you're the birthing parent or the non-birthing parent. Thanks. Um, and then last, um, we also, as a company, have always tried to sort of be socially minded and not just be about um, bottom line profits. Well, it's good that they're not into the bottom line profit or to to be socially minded because um, they're not going to see any profit from the customers. I This is the kind of crap, you know, birthing parents. You mean women, right? You, that's what you mean. You mean women. And non-birthing parents, you mean fathers. This is stuff that's a real turnoff. And here's, you know what's, who it's a real turnoff for? Men. These guys are supposed to be selling to men. And men do not accept any of this shit. They don't. Women are the ones that do to a small extent. Men do not. They do not like this. Gillette took it in the butt when they started calling men toxic. Harry's took it in the butt when they decided to, to go against the Daily Wire. Well, they're, they're, they're continuing. And by the way, this is all that ES, ESG crap. This is, this is what this is about. It's ESG. They're not worried about, they're not worried about customers. They're worried about being invested in. And they're going to be invested by, you know, BlackRock and Vanguard because their ESG governance score is very high. And that's all they're concerned about. So they're, they're going to get profits. That's why companies like Bud Light don't, haven't apologized for that yet. This is very good for their ESG. Um, again, Glenn Book uh, wrote about the Great Reset. Uh, Glenn Beck of the uh, Blaze TV, he wrote about the Great Reset. You should read it um, because when I heard these morons sitting back and talking about birthing and non-birthing parents... Uh, the first thing I thought of is, you know, this is slitting your own throat. Well, not really. Their their ESG scores just go higher. All right. So talk about Trump derangement syndrome. Whenever you talk to the, a media person and you talk Trump derangement syndrome, um, the media says there's no such thing. I mean, you guys, blah, blah, blah. Well, there is a Trump derangement syndrome. You see it all the time, especially on Twitter. You, go, you look at Cher's account. You look at Bette Midler's account, Rob Reiner's account, Mark Hamill's account. That's all these guys do all day is talk about Donald Trump. Donald Trump hasn't been president for almost four years. Seriously. Or three years, excuse me. He hasn't been president for almost three years. They are still talking about him. They're celebrating he got... Um, he's getting indicted. He's gonna. He's by the way getting indicted in Georgia, uh, probably this week on RICO charges. There's a stretch. So we can see right now we probably don't need to take the Georgia. And Georgia would have been kind of a scary thing because he actually did do something, say something stupid. But now they're going 
all out with Rico. I mean, they want to put him in prison for the rest of his life. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, this is the charges in Georgia are already looking ridiculous. So, but here's another example of Trump just breaking someone, and this one is Eminem. Eminem, first off, not the brightest, not the brightest tool in the drawer. Let's call it what it is. He's a tool. He's garbage. He's insecure because he's not black and he's a rapper. I mean, he he basically says this all the time. Um. Yeah, he. you can tell he's talking about Trump and he's just losing his crap to the point. He can't even say anything at the end of the speech. I don't even know why he did this on TikTok because it doesn't strike me as a real, making him look real stable. Not to mention he just sounds stupid. Let's listen to Eminem. When I start talking about Trump, I get too flustered in my head and... The shit that I want to say, there's there's too many things I want to say at once. So sometimes I start talking and I, and I don't, I'm not able to convey the message the right way because I just get flustered and frustrated. Watching him play to his base that thinks that he cares about them and it's actually the people that he cares about the fucking least. If you're talking about his core being, you know, a majority white middle class, what I don't understand is how in the fuck do you feel like you relate to a billionaire who has never known struggle his entire fucking life? I will say this, he talks a good one. And if you're in his base, you're a core, let's say you're going to the rallies or whatever, you watch him on TV, you hear him talking this shit. There's part of me that understands like, all right, he's somehow still got them because He's brainwashing them into thinking that something great is going to happen. Nothing's happening. Nothing is happening. I don't know, man. I get, I get really flustered when I talk about it. You know what I get flustered by? Uh, millionaires sitting back and telling us that they understand the little man. I mean, this guy has been loaded since like the 80s. He's, he's, yes, okay, he had to make music. By 21, he was already rich. I'm sorry, he is not a prime example of the little man. And that's what drives me absolutely crazy. But here's the thing, he keeps talking about brainwashing and stuff like, he's not making any kind of coherent argument. He, I mean, people are following him, he's doesn't care about them, never did anything for him. Um, well, first off, obviously he did because people love him. A lot of people love him. A lot of Democrats, even a lot of blacks are supporting Donald Trump. A lot of Muslims are supporting Donald Trump. A lot of Hispanics are supporting Donald Trump. There are a lot of gay people that support Donald Trump. They like what he does, and they like what he did when he was president. Now, let's take away the last year. He was president because he did a crappy job during COVID. But as far as he doesn't do anything, the other question I have is, well, what exactly are you getting right now? I mean, are things that much better? And by the way, he's just going off the culture war thing. He doesn't deal with reality like not having money, not being able to eat, not being able to afford gas. He doesn't have to worry about any of that stuff. That's what really kicks my cat when it comes to the, hey, he's never struggled, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, he's struggled before. He's 
had his he's had businesses that have worked, he has businesses that haven't, just like any other businessman. But to sit back and sit there and say he's never struggled, yeah, uh huh, yeah, and you, yeah, you struggled till you were about twenty years old, and then suddenly you were a millionaire. So I I don't want to hear that. This guy he's broken though. You can tell he's broken. He doesn't. He can't even make a coherent argument as to why he thinks what he thinks. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Trump derangement syndrome. Okay. Well, here's some. Let's go over some news. Some of this is from last week because I, I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, but here's something surprising concerning uh, Saint Barack Obama, and it might be that he's gay. Now, I again. I, We'll take this for a grain of salt. I'll talk. I'll talk about it right after. This sounds more like conspiracy theory and things like that. So let's read this. This is from the Daily Caller. Former President Barack Obama once wrote that he fantasized about having sexual relations with other men. Biographer David Garrow said in an interview published on Wednesday. The former president expressed his fantasies in a letter to a girlfriend at the time. Garrow told Tablet Magazine in an interview. The letter has been redacted and is currently in possession of Emory University, according to Garrow. Ex-girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend provided a copy of the letter, but had redacted one paragraph, Garrow told the tablet, who said she revealed the paragraph is about homosexuality. Okay, so the big story here, this is basically an example of a right-wing non-story. So, okay, so there is a letter where Barack Obama talks about having fantasies about being with men and that letter is redacted where he said he had fantasies about being with men. Do you see a problem there? Yeah. So in other words, we have no more evidence now than we did before. And by the way, this, this conspiracy about Barack Obama being gay is as old as the, he was born in Kenya thing. It's been around for ages. I mean, there are pictures that cruise the internet of a black guy who supposedly committed suicide who had a gay relationship with Barack Obama. Okay, the only thing with this is it does have some traction, but, I mean, having a gay relationship in your 20s, in your college years, I'm sorry, it's just not that uncommon. I, and I don't think it's... I mean, yes, it would be weird. It would really tarnish his image. But it wouldn't be something unheard of. So, you know, I I wouldn't be shocked if he had a cozy relationship with... Or cozy relationships with gay men. He was on a down low or something like that. He was in a relationship in the past. None of that would shock me. Okay, would it make any difference? Probably not. He's still an asshole. If he were a complete straight man, like an Andrew Tate type of straight man, he'd still be an asshole. So I don't really care. I don't see either way. But this, for some reason, went around. And no one's really talking about it. Even the right-wing outlets, they're mentioning it, and that's about it. Okay, you know, we're getting to the point now where we need to really consider a revolution in this country. And this is going to be, this could get me tagged here and there. But you know something? We had a revolutionary war against Britain in, seven, in the 1700s um, based on a tea on, a tax on tea. 
And here, we wake up in the morning and everything you touch has been taxed or is going to be taxed. The electricity you use, the water you use, the computer I'm sitting in front of is taxed, the microphone I'm sitting in front of it, I'm ta is taxed, the drink I have next to me is taxed, my coffee is taxed, everything is taxed. Well, you know what, they figure one of the reasons they have these taxes is because the government just doesn't want you to have anything. Okay, and then they want to spend unheard of amounts of money on things that none of us care about. I mean, the taxes, the tea tax was going straight to England. Well, there's a taxation without representation. What's the difference between the taxes we see now and the taxes in England? I don't see any of those taxes when I pay taxes. Talk about taxation without representation. Well, they also use tax, taxes as a weapon. And one of the ways they are using taxes as a weapon is to get you dri drive less. Tax the crap out of cars. Tax the crap out of gas. Tax the crap out of traveling on planes. Okay. Well, one thing they want to tax the hell out of is now guns. Because they don't want you to have guns. This is an amazing story from Fox News. Now, mind you, it's only an idea. It's never going to come to play. But I thought it was interesting enough to talk about because maybe one day it will. It's, that slippery slope thing seems to be true half the time. So according to Fox News, more than a two dozen House Democrats put forward legislation Friday that would slap an assault weapons, and we put that in scare quotes there, and high-capacity magazines with a 1,000% excise tax, a change that would raise the price of a $500 weapon to $5 thousand dollars in a bid to reduce access to guns across the country now a little fyi here okay this is not going to lower gun possession guns are not going to leave the street because you put a thousand percent excise tax who, who who do you think you are actually taxing you're taxing the people that actually will buy guns legally and not use the guns in a robbery the criminals are going to get guns and they're not going to pay a thousand percent excise tax. You know why? Because the gun runners, the black market gun runners, don't care about taxes. They're not going to charge taxes. They're going to charge to make a profit. This is a stupid idea. Representative Don Beyer, a Democrat from Virginia, and 24 other House Democrats introduced the legislation on Friday. It's the second time the Democrats have put forward the idea. Beyer and 37 other proposed uh, Democrats proposed the idea last year when Democrats controlled the House, but it never moved. Question for you. Democrats controlled the House. Okay, that means they had over 218 Democrats. Why only 37 support it? You wonder that? Because here's the reality. Most states in the country do not support getting rid of guns. They don't. Even blue states, Vermont... Oregon, uh, Washington, New Hampshire, Maine, they all support gun rights. They all do. New Jersey, they, Illinois. All the people like gun rights. They like the uh, idea of having a gun. That's one of the reasons why a Second Amendment, the Second Amendment has never even been attempted to be appealed. Because they would never get 
the necessary states to approve it. Even states like Vermont, which is an extremely lefty state, would never approve gun rights. Even after the tail hook mass murder killing back in the 90s, I think it was the 90s, back in the 90s, they never wanted to get rid of guns. So just a little FYI on that. Continuing with the article, the text of Byers' new bill was not out as of the weekend, and it is unclear if any changes were made from his 2022 version. His bill from last year imposed attacks on any magazine or related device that can accept more than 10 rounds of ammunition, which is basically any automatic weapon. There is really no automatic weapon that takes under 10 rounds. Most automatic weapons are between 14 and 20 rounds, so and that includes handguns. A Glock take, can take up to 19 rounds. So, yeah, it's all weapons. The same 1,000% tax would be imposed on any semi-automatic assault weapon. Now, that's another question. Define assault weapon. Because if you're talking about military-grade weapon, all military-grade weapons, first off, they're not semi-automatic. They're automatic. Okay? Um, there are no semi-automatic assault the, uh, weapons of war out there. I, anything in this country is illegal if there, if it's military grade. You can't buy an M16. Okay, you can't buy an AK47. It's they're already illegal. Okay, and an assault weapon, very any weapons assault. A knife can be an assault weapon. A bat can be an assault weapon. That that is too broad a term. A revolver can be an assault weapon. Heck, a revolver unless it's a single action can be a semi-automatic assault weapon because all a semi-automatic means is that the round reloads. So a revolver, when you shoot, the round switches in the cylinder to a new round and you can shoot again. That's a semi-automatic weapon. So basically what they're doing is they're going after every weapon. Okay, that's what they're doing. See, here's the thing. Um, Democrats are in the left, they're desperate to get rid of guns. They are never going to be able to take to become the tyranny they want to be unless they, they get the guns away. They're never going to be able to destroy the First Amendment, you know, destroy freedom of speech, freedom of association, freedom of religion, their freedom of the press. They're never going to be able to destroy that until they get rid of guns. And they are doing everything they can to get rid of guns. And it, nothing is working. The best way to do it is make the prices so high that no one can afford them. Which, by the way, is unconstitutional. That Second Amendment is always going to get in the way. I mean, it flat out says the government has no right to infringe on your right to own a gun. So right off the bat, the government raising taxes a thousand percent is infringing on your right to be able to own a weapon. And contrary to Joe Biden, yes, you could have owned a cannon. Okay. And yes, according to Joe Biden, you can't own an assault or you can't own an automatic weapon. Yeah, well, we could have in the past. You guys took that away from us. We were able to own automatic weapons back in the 70s and 80s. You guys took that right away from us. The slippery slope. Now you want to take them all away. Don't let them tell you that crap. You can't own an automatic weapon. Yeah, you took that away. We were able to own automatic weapons. Okay, so this stuff's not this stuff's not going. 
Um, they, they're, they're going to work every way they can. And don't listen to that bullshit. Is It's going to lower gun violence. It's not going to lower gun violence. Because criminals are going to have guns. If anything, it's going to create a bigger black market demand. And people who are would have done it by following the law are just going to stop following the law. And they're going to buy a gun from a black market. Who is kidding who? This is going to have exactly the opposite effect that it's meant to, and of course the, uh, and of course the Supreme Court will kick it out anyway. Okay, so one of the biggest problems I think this country has always had is getting immigrants to assimilate to our culture. Now, in the old days, this used to be a thing: forties, fifties, sixties. If you came from another country and you didn't speak the language, guess what? You had to learn English. My grandparents are a prime example. They came from Germany in 1950, 1947, excuse me. They didn't speak any English. They only spoke German. They spoke like 18 languages, but they didn't speak English. English wasn't one of them. They had to learn English. My dad had to go to school and learn English as he was in school. Okay, and he did okay. He became a dentist. All right. Um... Here's the, here's the other problem. It's bad enough that they won't force immigrants to assimilate, but they want us to assimilate to their cultures. So somebody comes from another country, it's not that that person has to assimilate to us. We have to assimilate to him and his backward, effed up culture, wherever he's from. And believe it or not, every other culture but this culture is pretty... Well, this culture is pretty effed up now. But I, I don't... I reject any other culture. Why do we need to do this? For equity's sake. So here's a story that just basically proves this. Uh, a 23, uh, This is from the Daily Wire. And this caught my... This, caught my I, this is not even being talked about, but this has so many problems here. A 23-year-old woman avoided jail time Wednesday after stabbing her blind date last year in a Las Vegas-area hotel room to get, quote, revenge, end quote, for the U.S. drone strike that killed Iranian General Qasem Soleimani. While on a blind date with Daniel Trevino, a man she connected with on the dating app Plenty of Fish, Nika Nikobin blindfolded Trevino and stabbed him in the neck with a kitchen knife while the two were having sex in a hotel room, according to police. 8 News now reported. Nicobin, who came to the U.S. from Iran when she was 12, was indicted last year by a Las Vegas grand jury on charges of attempted murder and two counts of battery. She later agreed to a plea deal agreed to plead guilty to two counts of false imprisonment with the use of a deadly weapon. Instead of jail sentence, Judge Carly Kearney ordered Nicobin to serve three years of probation. Okay, so first off, obviously, this is attempted murder with special circumstances. What do I mean by that? This, this is first-degree murder. If she had actually killed him, this would have been first-degree murder. She should be seen, she should have been charged with attempted murder with special circumstances and she should have been given a minimum of 25 years to life. And then we can go a step further. This is a terrorist attack. She's doing it because of what they did to Soleimani. She's doing it for political reasons. 
This is a terrorist. She should be in prison for the rest of her life in some supermax someplace and possibly facing execution. But this is the problem with our country. You know, she's the right color. She's Muslim. Now, if a white man did that, oh, he'd be hung from a yardarm. But she's the right color. So not only is she not going to be uh, sentenced to any like this, she's going to not even have to see a jail cell. So, but my main problem with this is she's pardoned because she belongs to some backwards country in the Middle East, in this place, Iran. And we have to respect this bloody pagan culture because it's not Western civilization. In, in, in Minnesota, by the way, two Middle Eastern men, I believe they were from Afghanistan, were almost released from punishment for the honor killing of, his, of one of these guys' daughter because she decided to go on a date without a male escort. Is this part of the culture? Is this what we want our culture into? I don't. I don't. And I, that's why I am so sick and tired. In, in all this, this, this crap, these people, people come into this country and they expect us to conform. You know what? F you. I'm not conforming to your crappy, backwards, pagan, bloody, messed up culture. I'm not interested. And that includes France. So, you know... If you don't like the way we do things in this country, get the F out. We don't want you here. Yeah, you can see I'm a little bit worked up. You know, if it weren't for the fact that, that my grandparents, my family had to actually acclimate to this country in order to, you know, survive and prosper, I would have no say. But this is why the streets are all effed up. I mean, Europe is a disaster because they're letting Middle Eastern men, only Middle Eastern men, into their countries. And these people are bringing their bullshit into those countries. And no one is sitting back and saying, you can't do that. That's not part of our culture. Beating and raping women is not part of our culture. Oh, and by the way, um, there are Islamic women who write about this. They think the culture is jacked up. Alana Irsi Ali wrote a book called Pray, and that's what she talks about. This is a woman who lived in Somalia, had her genitals mutilated. She had a, a vaginal um, circumcision because that's what they did. We don't want that shit here. Get this. And th that's what that book, that's what she says in that book. Hey, I went to Europe. None of that crap's here. I loved it. You talk about rape culture. They keep talking about rape culture. Like we know anything about rape culture in this country. They keep talking that our colleges are, are filled with rape. They, no, they're not. You want to go rape culture? Go to the Middle East. That's rape culture. You can be raped in the Middle East and chances of you getting caught are like zero. They will not. If they catch you, they'll hang you. But usually it has to be. It won't be the police that catch them. It'll be the community that catches them and hangs them and usually stones them. That's rape culture. All right. You know what? We haven't done this in a really long time. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist in 2020. Yeah, 
Yeah, you think, you know, it, it's just the stories are not out there that are helping us with the racism thing. They're all the same. So, I mean, there's lots of racism out there, that's, but they, nothing unique. Well, here's one. So, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he's running for president against Barack Obama, and he's getting a lot of traction. Uh, he's a Democrat. He has some good ideas. He has some real shitty ideas. He's kind of like John F. Kennedy and Robert F. Kennedy. They're typical Democrats, um, but and they have good ideas. They have bad ideas. For example, Robert Kennedy, he's very much against big government, which is what JFK and RFK were. They were very much against big government. He's very much against taxes. So that's typical JFK, RFK thing. Now, what he is for is like uh, redistribution programs, like a basic universal basic income. Not thrilled with that. I mean, this guy is a liberal, but he's not a leftist. Here's the problem. The left hates him because he's strong enough that he's actually kind of challenging Joe Biden. And I say kind of, maybe I think he's at like 20% of the vote, which actually is quite high. It just shows you that Joe Biden is very weak. Joe Biden should be in the mid-90s, and this guy should be at 5 4 3%. But it's things that Robert F. Kennedy says that people like, including this little, little tidbit he said at a rally, which, by the way, had a lot of people there. Joe Biden, I have never seen Joe Biden with a rally this size. Let's listen to what uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has to say. No government in the history of mankind has ever relinquished power voluntarily. The power that they have taken away from us over the past 20 months, they will never give back. They have taken away our freedom of speech they have closed the churches. They have taken away jury trials against companies, no matter how negligent they are, no matter how reckless they are, no matter how grievous your injury, you cannot sue that company. They have taken away our property rights in the United States. They closed a million businesses for a year with no just compensation and no due process. They have taken away our right to be free of warrantless searches and seizures and surveillance by the government. This is a global coup d'etat against liberal democracy across the planet. And all of these rights that were taken away from us these governments said it was temporary, it was only two weeks, it would be over. In truth, you can all see what's happening. They are taking those rights and they will never give them back unless we make them. That's a pretty powerful message. I hate to tell you, that's a, everything he said was pretty much true. Now, granted, I some of the things he says about vaccines, I kind of leave. I kind of sit back and say, "Oh, well, you know, ease up." But all this stuff he said basically was true, and it should be disturbing, and it is scary. And the government's not going to give him back, and the government's doing it on purpose. I mean, how many stories have we had in the last few months that talk about the government looking for another uh, pandemic, 
they're looking for another reason to shut us in our homes. Now the big one is climate change, which, by the way, nobody believes enough that they're going to get stuck in their home over. So the left doesn't like what this guy is saying. And the media doesn't like what this guy is saying. So what's the best way to do? What can, what's the first thing they do? Call him a racist. Now, this comes from the Huffington Post. So you've got to take the Huffington Post with a grain of salt. It is a leftist rag. It's up there with the National Enquirer and Star Magazine. It is barely something worth reading. I chose this simply because I haven't done the racist thing in a while, and this is kind of a funny article. So this is what he says. A tweet from an account of Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on Friday used language that many observers say invoke the known Nazi hate symbol 1488. Okay, Um, by the way, who knows this? And what observers... Well, they tell us a little bit later, but here's a newsflash. That's a completely made-up number. 1488 is not a Nazi hate number. That is some shit that somebody made up, okay? They thought Trump made a Nazi dog whistle crap because, I don't know, he said his mother was 88 or some shit, and they literally called him a Nazi because they said that's a Nazi, and that's the number they used. They said, oh, he said 88. That means H.H., Heil Hitler. It was CNN that did it. And I'm not kidding. They actually did that, if you don't remember. All right? So this is a made-up thing. It's kind of like the OK sign being a white supremacist salute. At least the guy who made that up admitted he made it up. It was made up on a Reddit page or something or a 4chan channel that the the OK symbol was a white supremacist symbol. It's not. It was BS that was made up. And by the way, the media is still going with that. People have been fired because they put they they make they put their fingers together to make the OK symbol. Whether they do it because they're smoking a cigarette or they actually mean OK. It continues. A post on the candidate's official Twitter account used the numbers 14 and 88 in close proximity. So, did you get that? He didn't even type 1488 together. He typed it in the same paragraph. So, 14 was like the second word and 88 was the 19th word. And because they're in the same paragraph, that means he's a Nazi. Well, I saw the tweet, and it actually made sense. I'm going to read it to you in a second. Kennedy has not responded to the Huffington Post's uh, request for comment or explained the post elsewhere as of Friday afternoon. It's not clear whether you personally approved the tweet. Do you know why he's not responding to it? Because what you guys are making up is stupid. That would be my response. I would actually respond to this article. Well, why did you? Because you guys are stupid. This is a stupid article. Go ahead and print it. I'm just going to use it to bolster my campaign. That's what I would do. I think this would actually help you. Oh, so I'm a Nazi. That must mean I'm a good guy. I love being called a Nazi. I love when people call me a Nazi. Or a white supremacist. Or a, 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 what do they call that? Oppressor. I love it because it just means I'm doing something right. 
Continuing with the article, his post on Twitter, which recently was rebranded X, they got to bring that up because, you know, they hate Musk too, was trying to shame President Joe Biden into providing Secret Service protection for him. It said, it said presidential candidates have been provided Secret Service protection, quote, since the assassination of my father in 1968, end quote. He added, quote, this was in the tweet, but not for me. Typical turnaround time for pro forma protection requests from presidential candidates is 14 days. After 88 days of no response and after several follow-ups by our campaign, the Biden administration just denied our request. Does this sound like a Nazi dog whistle? He's pointing out that you're supposed to give me secret service after 14 days of me declaring my candidacy. It's been 88 days and you still haven't given it to me. By the way, that's not true. He gets uh, um, Secret Service 14 days after he becomes the primary winner. So when he is the official Democratic presidential candidate, there's 14 days, then he gets Secret Service. But So he's wrong there. But that, that goes besides the point. He's bitching he doesn't have, uh, he doesn't have Secret Service protection. That's not racist. That's that's he's wrong. But it's just declaring. Where's my Secret Service protection? Joe Biden is keeping Secret Service for me. It's been almost ninety days. He should have said it's almost ninety days. But they could have, they could have gotten around that. Okay. So yes, it's a stretch. But what? Why is fourteen eighty eight considered a racist symbol? This is good. This is rich. According to the article, continuing with the article, fourteen eighty eight is a known white supremacist symbol according to Anti-Defamation League and the Southern Poverty Law Center. Could they have found two more left-leaning sources? The Southern Poverty Law Center, again, calls the Border Patrol a hate group. The 14 isn't the symbol, is shorthand for 14 words, slogan, that is popular with racists around the world. I don't know what the 14 words slogan is. So I'm a really bad Nazi, but I'd like, they don't explain that either, by the way. They don't tell you what the 14-word symbol is. While the 88 stands for Heil Hitler, since H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. alphabet. Jeez, come on, guys. Work harder. I think they actually have Huffington Post, the Southern Poverty Law Center, the Anti-Defamation League. I think they have guys that actually sit there and just think about what they can make racist. Okay? Have you ever seen a picture of a Nazi? And there are lots of pictures of Nazis out there with an 88 pin on his uniform. Have you ever seen a Nazi with a 1488 pin on his uniform? They have every other pin in the world on their uniforms. Have you ever seen that one? Have you, hell, let's go, let's go a step further. Have you ever seen a Nazi with HH on their uniform? HH, Heil Hitler is actually just a salute. It's really has no meaning. You haven't seen that? You know why you haven't seen it? Because this is made up shit. 14 and 88 is not racist. Of course, it's got to be 1488. It's got to be considered racist because you know it probably came from some journalism major from Harvard, and they're so much smarter than we are. 
here's here's the thing with this whole thing. You can take math and you can make anything racist. You can make any number racist. You just have to manipulate the numbers. So let's take the number 152. And yes, I thought about this before the podcast. 152. 1 plus 5 plus 2 is 8. If you square it, that's 8 times 8. Take away the time symbol. You got 88. Heil Hitler. You're a Nazi. Because you had $1.52 in your pocket. Heck, 17, you can do the same thing. 17 is two, 17 is 1 and a 7. Well, you can break that 7 down to a 4 and a 3. That's a 1 and a 4 and a 3. That equals 8. If you take 17 and you subtract those three numbers, that becomes 14, 1488. You're a Nazi. Yes, none of that made sense. Why would I take 17 and break it into two numbers, 1 and 7, and then break 7 down into 4 and 3? Because I can do that. It's a Nazi symbol. 17 is a Nazi symbol. And then, of course, if I square it, again, that's, yeah, well, whatever. You you get the idea. It, it's just, it, listen, this is stupid, is what I'm saying. 1488 is no more racist than 6. Of course, 6 is probably, we can make 6 races, too, if we wanted to. Okay, let's take a look here. Oh, yeah, 6, we can make racist. 6 is, um, 6 is 4 plus 2. 4 times 2 is 8. If we square 8, it's 8 times 8. Take away the time symbol, it's 88. 88, Heil Hitler, you're a Nazi. Uh, so, there we go. See how easy it is? All right, let's go to the next story. This is a great story. Um, I, and I'm sure, yeah, this story has been mocked online, and I did not want to skip it. This this came out last week. According to the Daily Mail, and even the Daily Mail is saying, what a bullshit story. So here it goes. Bizarre new research claims that people with sensitive nose for disgusting spells are more likely to be xenophobic. In a study across nine countries, scientists have linked the repulsion to sweat, bad breath, smelly feet, with heightened disliking for refugees. <laughs> Do you know how racist that is? So, no refugees take baths? No refugees use deodorant? Seems kind of racist. Anyway, continuing. Steering clear of stenches is a natural mechanism that helps us avoid illnesses, experts at Karoliska Institute in Stockholm explained. But when working into overdrive, this may trigger hostility towards refugees who they suggest can be perceived, can be perceived, where are we here? Jeez, can suggest can be perceived as has, having dissimilar hygiene or food habits. Um, I got news for you. If they smell like shit, they don't have dissimilar hygiene or food habits. They don't have any hygiene. Continuing, and by the way, a lot of these countries that have food habits, they eat dogs. So, yeah, I, I'm going to have problems with their food, too. Quote, individuals more easily disgusted by body odors are also more prone to having negative attitudes towards refugees, the scientists noticed, noticed, wrote. Well, I mean, if refuge, if a group of people do not shave, do not shower, do not clean themselves, feel no problem in walking around in clothes they never wash, yeah, I'd have a problem with them too. 
by the way, it's not all it's not all people in like African nations and stuff like and this is where it gets interesting. The article gets at least they're not blaming Americans here. Uh, this the article does get interesting. Um, countries in Europe they don't shower. Italy is is notorious for it. Italians have a tendency of not bathing, and that's because of their lack of water. So this is a known thing. So the article explains how they came up with the study. Nearly seven thousand participants took part in a study that examined opinions across the uh, United Kingdom, New Zealand, Canada, Nigeria, Kenya. Hong Kong, Chile, Italy, and Sweden. So, at least the United States had nothing to do with this one. Okay. Uh, when assessing body odor sensitivity, participants were asked to rank the scents on one to five scale of uh, perceived disgustingness. Human smells like sweat, urine, feet, gas, farting, breath, upper body sweat, and feces were included in the survey. Because, you know... So you got that. According to the site. Now, this article thinks this is stupid. So I'm going to give the Daily Mail their, their due credit. So if you don't like the smell of shit, it's because you're a xenophobe. If you don't like the smell of urine, it's because you're a xenophobe. If you don't like the fact that some cultures, they'll just start farting in front of you and you don't like the smell of gas, you're a xenophobe. If you think somebody should maybe take a shower once a week, more than once a week, to get that that sweat smell off of them, you're a xenophobe. Okay, well, I'm a xenophobe. I don't like the smell of any of that crap. Again, racism. This is all these guys do. They gotta look for things to be racist. B.O. in 1488. That's what they have found racist last week. Okay, I hope you guys have a good day. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.